Hi, I'm Dan Cottrell, editor of Rugby Coach Weekly. You're about to jump into one of our podcasts. If you want to find out more about this podcast and also all of the great content, drills, activities, games and advice on the website, then go over to www.rugbycoachweekly.net. I hope you enjoy the podcast. We started off looking at a broader concept and we'd be able to dig down into something that was far more personal and, and, and relevant to them. Rugby Coach Weekly presents The Coaching Knife, where we cut to the root, cut out the fluff and challenge the masters of their domain to cut to the chase. In this episode, we speak to Dave Sharkey, Director of Team Architecture, a communications consultancy. Focusing on using themes and stories in sports coaching, we are going to cut to the root on how we can use them effectively with our players. Sharkey, are you ready for the knife? Bring it on, Dan. Bring it on. I like this. Why do we need to use themes and stories in our coaching? It's a good question. We probably need to ask ourselves what it is exactly we want to get out of a theme and a story rather than getting captured by the story itself, uh, knowing what it is you want to use it for. Do you want to use it to improve your defense? Do you want to bring a group together? Do you want to motivate a team in a cup competition? Those are all legitimate questions that coaches and people who work should ask. So the starting point is not, I'm going to, I find a great story, a great thing. You start with uh, the problem you want to solve. Correct. So give me an example of a problem that uh, I know you've used this with your teams. Give me an example of a problem that you've started with. So a problem that I initially started with, uh, one of the first teams I ever ran was the problem was I was playing, well, I was coaching a group of uh, of players who were going to likely win every single match. And the problem was, how do we challenge them? How do we stretch them? How do we push them beyond a, a scoreline or a series of results? Uh, because at the time I was coaching schoolboys, they can see results as the be all and end all. And maybe I was trying to challenge them on that. So that was a problem. Now, it wasn't a bad problem to have in some cases. Another problem uh, that we had when I was coaching a men's team was they were facing a relegation battle. So that was the problem we started with. And we found a story then that that clicked and, and suited with that. Other other clients will, will contact me. And again, they need to bring me their problems first before I can probably tell them their stories. So you said we found. Um, now, that sounds to me that um, if you don't know what sort of stories there are, maybe they don't know what they should be looking for. How, how do you get to the we and then the finding? So you might suggest once you have that problem and the issue maybe you're trying to tackle or you're trying to work on together that you will you look to find maybe a story that might show some of those examples so it might be overcoming a challenge together it might be some sort of huge event that they've tried to get through the example of the relegation one we looked at was the shackleton um endurance expedition uh in the in the antarctic um so you you try and find something that might match up to it now that's not always easy if people don't have lots of stories uh, to to go to to use now as an english teacher who uh, who's irish who loves history uh, i suppose i have a certain uh 
aptitude in that space where I work with stories regularly. So I'm able to see them in lots of different ways. But what's interesting is that people, once you dig into a group and you say, we're trying to overcome this, some of the personal stories that people can tell as individuals in the group can actually reflect that. And some of the clients I've worked with, that's actually been the case. We started off looking at a broader concept and we'd be able to dig down into something that was far more personal and, and, and relevant to them. So we start with a problem, we find a story. Why the hell does a story make a difference? Why does it actually uh, make them any better? Why not just um, not use stories at all and we love the game of rugby and we just rugby's a story in the first place? Yeah, it's a, it's a really, really good point. And I've, I've certainly advised people at times not to use themes and stories because I didn't necessarily think it, it's what they needed. If you know what your problem is and you know how to tackle it, then you probably don't need a theme or a story. Um, it's a way in which you might go about, uh, I suppose, help you to 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 tackle that in the best in the best possible way. Uh, that's that's its purpose. And some people get lost sometimes in the story and they forget what the problem was originally, or the or the problem has changed. It's shifted. Um, you weren't as competitive as you thought you were going to be with your, with your group, and your your problem is different. Does your story change? Do you, do you get rid of it? Those are all uh, issues, again, that I find I work with uh, both myself and with, with clients. So before we get on to the power of using a story, let's just take one step back. Give me some examples of problems where you'd say, right, please don't use a story here. It's just not appropriate. You're better off uh, just working on the problem. Because I think uh, when we get to the talking about stories, people will be, yes, I want to rush off and do stories now. So let's just... Um, Make sure we don't rush down the story route for the wrong reasons. So ultimately it would be what, if you have, I suppose, the tools necessary, the coaching now, uh, your understanding of your players or the challenges that they're facing to tackle it without using a story, then that would be a good example of not using it. And um, if for, if for example, um, things have shifted or if the group isn't receptive to this sort of methodology, that's definitely something uh, listeners will be familiar with the Crusaders in Canterbury um, and th their storytelling. It's where I first le learned about it, but that's a culture of storytelling that goes back decades. That goes back to Wayne Smith, who's one of the, the great figures in rugby. So that's a culture in which it's entrenched when you're trying to roll it out to a group where it isn't. If you jump into the deep end too quickly, it can be overwhelming for the person who's trying to roll it out and the group, and you get lost in it. And that's a that's a huge issue uh, that people are likely uh, to, to fall into if they're not careful. Okay, so using the, uh, the story of going for a swim for the first time and working into the shallows, uh, give me a few, give me, help me put my armbands on and uh, put me into the shallow waters. <laughs> cool so what you might you might start with is start with that idea of what it is you're trying to convey what you're trying to get across and then you might find a story that links to that so let's say my advice is often is don't go down the big route full all singing all dancing themes necessarily to start with maybe go with something smaller find a, a part of play that you want to uh, you want to focus on so you could go to what i call the micro uh, end of theming where it might be maybe how you how you rock in rugby or how you defend in basketball or um you know a, a tennis player and how they might serve uh, you could find maybe an aspect or an analogy that you might extend out from that so those might be simpler ways maybe to dip your toe in to the water as you've said uh, <laughs> rather than diving diving in the deep end uh, just with your armbands on hoping it'll work out okay now um 
that, that's that's important. We we're not having to make the whole team um, and the whole season one massive story. It could be small parts. So whichever route you're taking, whether you're doing it on a micro, uh, maybe just working at the ruck if in a rugby example, or maybe it's about a massive challenge for the team. Why is it powerful? Stories resonate with people. You're creating something quite unique that no one else is doing. Um, I've been lucky to, to, to work with lots of groups, and I'd like to think that we've picked even a story that they know, but tell it in a unique way. Like everyone, everyone knew who the first man on the moon was, but they didn't know necessarily much about Neil Armstrong's life or about the third man in Apollo, Michael Collins or Buzz Aldrin or the failures of Apollo 1. These are all different ways, I suppose, in which to bring a story to life. And if you can find that those messages link with the messages and the, the messages you want to deliver and the problem that you're facing, that can be quite powerful, as I said. And you can create a unique experience and moment for, uh, for, for those people and those individuals. You say quite powerful. What, what do you mean by powerful? What what difference does it make to a player? Great. I, I love the I love the story. I love the moon landings uh, story. I love the Shackleton story. Why is it going to make me a better player? Why is it going to help me as a player? How is it going to help the team? So ultimately, I suppose that will depend on how much your story is aligned to the challenges that you're facing. So if you align those, it can have that resonance, that sort of power. So what I mean by that is, we tend to use, sorry, we tend to use stories maybe as a simply motivational in a sort of shallow kind of sense. I think if you can go deeper and find out more about the people behind those stories, it can become, I suppose we become more, I don't know, we identify more with the individuals, the characters within that. Uh, we learn something about ourselves uh, as a result of maybe some of the stories that we've looked at. Um, we're made to think or consider the world or the people around us in a different way. That has real resonance, I, I feel, and uh, from the last few the last few years, I think has has really got something out of the groups that maybe we didn't think we could tap into. Um, so that's so a power, is, I'd argue. So this is, I mean, this is very hard necessary to measure, and not saying that we need to measure everything. So you've seen, you've used the stories with the players, with teams. What has been the changes that you've seen, which makes you now think uh, that? this has worked here when i i've i tend to have there's a few ways in which you can launch or start teams you could do it as a hey coming in the front door uh, we're doing a theme this year this is what we're thinking what do you reckon now that can be a collaborative approach that can be really effective and useful you can do a trojan horse approach by which you start start a theme without people necessarily knowing what the theme yeah. is and then a few weeks in they suddenly go ah okay and there's a sort of a penny dropping sort of moment with it. Um, different groups will use different ways in which to, to do that, uh, depending on the, the challenges they face and the culture that they have. Um, I think there's, when the group is asking about it, when they're using the language that you've you've embedded, when the rituals and routines of the totems, uh, which is an expression that I use for a physical object or a reminder of it, when they're looking for those, and when you've convinced maybe the most cynical in the room about it, when they're talking about it, I think you're on to a winner. Uh, a good example would be we did an incentive theme with the HAC, uh, the club I coach in London. And we gave out uh, at home games, we gave out a mug, like a, a, a an incentive mug for the, the 
best player from the HAC and we gave an Alan Pross mug to the best player from the opposition, Alan Pross being Ayrton Senna's great rival. Uh, the Ayrton Senna mug, <laughs> there was definitely a lad in the team who at one stage got on to me. I thought he wasn't necessarily so keen on it. And he sent me a message after a while saying, when am I getting my Ayrton Senna mug? Uh, he, he, <laughs> he was feeling a little bit left out. So you can create those unique experiences that no one else is doing in a sport and in a sports landscape, as I know from working with lots of groups, that can become quite homogenous. That can become very, very similar. You're creating a unique, we are different because of not just the stories we're telling, but the people we are and how we link to those. So this can be another way, I suppose, to create that individual experience uh, for, for, for players or for groups. Now, I would think that one of the difficulties with uh, the theme is, and I think you've touched on it already, uh, or the story, is that as the season progresses, you move away from the story. Is that a good thing or is that a dangerous thing? Again, if if, if that's what you need to do, do it. Like the story has a function and I've, I've seen people who are too wedded to the, the story that they decided because it worked for the start. Um, you know, the, the, the stories that I've had success with in the past, I have to realize there's a shelf life on them and it's time to move on to something else. But there could be something within that story that might help us jump to the next one. There was something we wanted to hold on to, an element of teamwork, a value that we had written somewhere but never actually lived and this story was a way to bring it to life um so you definitely can you can put it down feel free to stop it uh know what what's function it's have or there's an alternative uh and this is maybe where i come in with the with the work that i do with with clients is i try and find a story that's broad enough that I, I know inside out and better than a lot of people. And I know different ways in which we can look at it. And therefore, I'm able to manipulate it and, and shape it and, and spin it in, uh, with a certain angle to give it that sense of adaptability. Um, Apollo is a huge story. It's, it's enormous. Shackleton is a big story. Everyone knew the story of Ayrton Senna and how it finished. But did they know about him saving Eric Comas um, at the Belgian Grand Prix? Um, it wasn't the Belgian Grand Prix, I can't remember which Grand Prix it was, you know, a year before uh, his, his own death. Did they know about the rivalry with uh, Alan Prost and actually how those characteristics of Prost's character that we would want to see in our players rather than saying he's the baddie uh, that we would we would admire and like about him. So if you find a story that's big enough and broad enough, you can find ways to, to see it differently or put down the story, go back to talking about what it was you're doing beforehand. But I'd hope your message is, is similar. It's just you're not using a story, I suppose, to deliver it. I think the other thing that people probably listening in are thinking, I, I like this idea, but I also know that in my group of 25 players, let us say, I'm going to have four or five who are going to absolutely love this, four or five who are going to say, yes, it's part of what I'm for. And then you're going to sort of have the drop off at the end to the extent you're going to probably have your 24th and 25th player who are probably going to make this extremely difficult so i'm i'm not saying that every team's like that but i'm guessing that most teams have a range of people who want to buy into this how can you help that work for the team without then losing the the power of what you've tried to achieve in the first place so you might need to go slow you might need to explain you might need to bring like i mentioned the the approach of you know coming in the front door all singing all dancing we're doing a theme and the trojan horse Maybe you do Trojan horse for most of the people, but the ones that maybe need a bit of convincing, you need to maybe tell them a bit more about it or explain to them or get them in on it. Um, 
we're kind of we're social creatures we'll kind of move with the herd in many cases uh, and the dynamic you described there is not dissimilar to many environments in which i have pitched this as in i've supported someone or i've delivered it myself um it takes time people try and launch a theme they go too too much too soon and they kill it they kill it for themselves and for everyone and everyone goes geez you know the guy who got fired there after a month of talking about whatever <laughs> Uh, you know, they become a kind of funny story in and of themselves. Mm. But it take it it can take time. It can take time to to land to to kind of get down into detail. Uh, and a, a group again that I was that I was consulting with. Um, you know, a story that we we went back to a story. Um, you know, from a story we'd used from eighteen months previously. Uh, that we that we'd used. So we went back to something that we'd already talked about because in that moment it was perfect. It was exactly what they needed. Um, so you can you can be adaptable. You could change story. You might have a broader idea, concept, and then have different stories that maybe r- relate to that uh, as well. I suppose the other thing is that coaches who are listening in are thinking, is this age group specific? I mean, obviously, you've done this with men's teams um, quite a lot, and that's uh, some of the examples. Of, is, is, do you think there is a limit on the age, or is that... Uh, I mean, it sounds like it could work really well with under sevens, under eights, under nines. Um, but would it be as effective? I mean, is is that too much for them because they've got too many other things to think about? Sorry, are you talking about uh, under sevens having too much to think about or professionals? Because I'd argue it could be both. <laughs> yeah, well, um, that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying, uh, is it age specific or not? Do you think? Do you think? Do you think it matters? Because I suppose what you're going to say. And I'm preempting is, is is the detail that you give is uh, needs to be age specific. Yeah, sorry. And the speed in which, like, go back to that. Go back to what we said at the start. What is it you're trying to do? What is the point of this? Um, and those needs are different. So last year, uh, I to give you the sort of range in which I've consulted, I consulted an under nines rugby club in Ireland, Gory RFC. If you're listening, hello. Uh, and I also consulted uh, Stad Rochelet in the Champions Cup. Those are two very different ends of a of a spectrum, and they both use theming in different ways. Now, I'm not telling you which one which which use which, but one of them used Toy Story because it was appropriate. Now, could you use Toy Story? Could we swap that across? Yes, you could, but a message might necessarily relate to it uh, as much as as you may want. So, the story you choose, the depth you go into, the speed in which you do it. The, all the paraphernalia, like the totems and the rituals that you create around that might might be really exciting for a group. That might get a group of under sevens who vote with their feet and their parents who are watching. That might get them to come back next week because like rugby, for them at under seven, they're learning so much about it. And actually, a hell of a lot is about them making friends and experiences rather than, of course, there's going to be some of those details that you can build in and refine. But I can't see why it wouldn't work. Uh, but always remembering what it is you're trying to achieve. Great. Okay, excellent. Really enjoyed that. So uh, we're going to finish there. Uh, Dave is an English teacher, part-time now, I think, and rugby coach, as well as a consultant. That's what he uh, now does a lot more of. It's um, moving, moving, moving. His philosophy is some see things as they are and say, why? I dream of things that never were and say, why not? You can contact him at... Uh, team-architecture.com you can find him on twitter at at shark teams he's also on linkedin david sharky that's uh, sharky 
K-E-Y. Obviously, we will put uh, those contact details in the show notes. So some quick questions to finish off with. Sharky, how old are you? I am 38 years old. You had to think about that one. I did, yeah. I often forget, but yeah, 38. I'm pretty, <laughs> okay. very, very confident. Yeah. Uh, what coaching book is by your bedside? Coaching book. Uh, it's not quite a coaching book, but um, it was a book that I was really interested in. Sorry, uh, Adrian, Adrian Newey, who is the uh, F1 car designer for Red Bull. Um I, I read his book, which is How to Build a Car, and it, it kind of charts his career, which is fascinating to see how someone brings something invisible to life. Uh, and having done some work with theming in F1, uh, his story and how he looks at problems, I thought was pretty fascinating. Okay, an F1 story coming to you very soon. Which coach, <laughs> teacher are you loving at the moment? Um, I... I suppose more of a, I suppose a teacher in the sense of uh, Anya McNamara and her work that she's doing at a DCU uh, and some of the work she's done previously with Dave Collins uh, with Grey Matters is, is, is really, really interesting. She tried to, uh, she asked me to, to, to jump on a, sorry, to join a, a kind of course or was interested, if I was interested in joining a course. And I said, no, last summer. And I'm definitely coming back and saying, I think I, I really want to do it because your stuff is fascinating. Okay, so if she's listening, uh, you, your application's in. Which yeah. team sports subject would you love to coach at the moment? I've said this. I've said this, and, and this is more so from the, my, my theming work. I watched Arsenal's All or Nothing on Amazon Prime, and mm. Mikel Arteta and Arsenal is someone I'd love to, to help or to work with because he's definitely theming pre-match kind of stuff for anyone who's seen it uh, you might recognize bits of it but I don't think he's connecting it up or, or having it roll out as much as he could so I think that'd be a really cool challenge okay who has inspired you most inspired me most um if I think sorry if I think to the stories that I've that and the work that I've done with people the Michael Collins story the third man or the invisible astronaut of Apollo 11 was was uh was very very inspirational and his life and sort of how he looked at things and it's funny i'd worked with uh, some people where we we'd use the michael collins story and then when he when he died um last year they contacted me the people i've been working with and said like oh they never knew his story beforehand and what it meant so he's a yeah a very very inspirational figure okay and uh, what would you tell your 20 year old self to do more of <laughs> 20 years uh i would say shut up and listen it's not <laughs> you don't know it all um it's not over yet um, <laughs> yeah listen listen a lot more um you know some stuff you don't you certainly don't know it all um well that's a very sweet uh, way to end <laughs> because i'm glad you didn't shut up and uh, we're glad we, <laughs> listen, we listened to you so sharky great thanks very much for that and thanks everyone for listening bye-bye